I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Bratislava, Berlin and Ljubljana. My name is David. And I am Mark and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. A little podcast about digital journalism and everything around it by us, two digital journalists and with our guests who are mostly digital journalists. So let's dive into this episode, David. How are you doing? Uh, fine. So you're in Berlin, right? Yeah, finally started my job. And if you were listening to the last episode, we said like Happy New Year, but actually this is the first time we are recording in 2018. So Happy New Year again. And yes, I'm having a new job at Build as um, a responsible social media manager, I would say. And it's my second week almost over. So how how's the life in, you know, work life in private media? <laughs> You've been in public media before, so you can compare. Yeah, it's very much about numbers. And that's interesting because I haven't thought that much about numbers and it's really interesting. And uh, it's actually quite a pleasure to work for such a big company and I'm really having fun and it's very, very nice and challenging and exhausting in the first week. Uh, of course, because all of the new names, all the new like ways to do things and tools to use and so on. But I feel that this will be a very nice job for the next months, years. Let's okay. see. Okay, congrats. And uh, uh, actually, I'm really glad about the, the, the episode today because, again, we're uh, going to talk to someone from a country... Uh, in Europe, which we haven't had on the on the show, which is always great. Uh, and uh, so, with that being said, I would like to welcome uh, Taya Topolovets. <laughs> Hello, Taya. And now the question: Hi. Like, <laughs> did I pronounce it the correct way? <laughs> Very good pronunciation. Pronunciation. I'm impressed. I have to say. <laughs> okay, so 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 Taya is 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 a journalist and the co-founder of. Podcerto, again, did it, was was it right? Yeah, yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and um, yeah, we we asked her to come and talk about uh, uh, journalism in Slovenia and what they are doing uh, in Podcerto. But like before we get to that, uh, Taya, how was your journey to journalism? Uh, did did you always want to be a journalist? Well, first, hello from Ljubljana, from my part. Um, yeah, you know that this is like a question that put people into this uh, epic answers mode, right? <laughs> <laughs> so how much time do we have? We, we, we have all the time you need. <laughs> I, I think I have like 40 gigabyte left, so <laughs> two days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is that in our organization, we are always joking that there are no journalists working here. Um, I mean, now we actually have half of the professional journalists in our organization. In a minute, you know, he went through uh, classical uh, journal. Uh, journal journ uh, pathway for journalists studying journalism, etc. So. When I was a kid, I think that I was deciding between two options for my professional life. One was I knew I, I want I knew that I want to write in my life, but as a profession, I could not decide between uh, researching gorillas in Africa and uh, being a, 
um, a war zone reporter. So I think that investigative journalism is nicely in the middle. <laughs> wow, that's, that's like, yes, really in the middle of those two. So I think that, yeah, I always wanted to do that. I just did not know. So that would be my answer to your question. But um, how did I, I mean, how I came to to the project with when uh, where I'm working at the moment. Um, I mean, it's a long story about this, you know, um, unlikely scenarios that happened on the way. We are we are all ears. Um, <laughs> is, is there <laughs> what's what's the long version and what's the short version of it? <laughs> Okay, the short version would be that uh, me and my co-founder, uh, we co-founded our media in uh, September 2014, so we are now in our fourth year of operation. And we are focused on investigative journalism and journalism with impact. We are, of course, digital media. Uh, so we we actually met when we were both working but just briefly when we were both working for uh the biggest national media uh here in slovenia biggest national uh, newspaper uh he was working as a journalist and i was uh, deputy head of digital development department and then just by some chance we met later and started to collaborate on this project we never knew that it would go so much out of hand the project itself i mean Uh, so, it, in the beginning, it was just two of us, and the project started in a way that we we had this blog where uh, examples of the articles we would like to work on and the topics were published, and we asked our readership at this time. You are to- we are talking about uh, spring or summer 2014 here. So, we asked them if they are willing to support us with donation if we go and establish such media in Slovenia. So we were asking them if they're willing to support a non-profit uh, media uh, for in-depth journalism. We actually did not know that we would go in investigative journalism uh, later. Uh, and there were 60 readers who wrote to us. You have to know that you know there is no organization at the moment. Uh, we did not have anything official, you could not trans- transfer us money. Uh, so people actually wrote us emails and said, yeah, I would like to support you if you go and found this media with, I don't know, 100 euros or 20 euros or and, or five euros. So we collect all these emails and then we went uh, to run our first uh, fa- um, foundings, let's call it founding uh, circle with uh, with companies that were willing to support our project with donations as well and we collected uh, 15,000 euros but this is not actual mon- money this is the money that is kind of promised to us so after that we went and officially founded and registered the media here in Slovenia and we started in September in 2014 with uh, Uh, new stories and new articles and after that we sat down with my co-founder in the, it was just two of us behind this project at the moment and we wrote to all these people with nice emails saying hi we are Anja and Taya from Pocerto if you remember you wrote to us months ago and promised us a donation so if you are still willing to support us here is our project and you can support us now and uh, people actually did that so it was 
the official beginning of Pochorto. Wow, that's actually a great story. Mm, so yeah, we actually had enough money to work for six months when we started. Uh, and in this time we knew that we have to like build our audience, become star a part of the um, uh, media community in Slovenia, like a relevant uh, uh, source for readers as well as other journalists, and be able to run another campaign in six months where we collect uh, money for another six months or a year of operation. So it was quite a lot of work. And at that moment, so four years later, uh, we have um, editorial board behind the project that is like like you know five members it's me my co-founder and three other people uh so this is basically the team uh, the main theme behind uh the project now but of course you also collaborate with other people like we have like designers illustrators photographers data scrapers uh, developers that are uh this broader team so actually around 10 to 15 people collaborates um on this project from time to time. Okay, so uh, w- what's the current stat- status? Because I- I've I've seen that you are like uh, member supported, so I guess there are some people who are uh, paying you uh, maybe recurrent fees, uh, maybe once a year. And so, how 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 is your business strategy at at the moment in this time when everyone is uh, turning to membership funded models? Okay, we are actually not using membership-founded model. Um, we started with uh, crowdfund, uh, crowdfunding mo- model in the beginning, but uh, then we kind of um, modified it a bit because you cannot round, uh, uh, run crowdfunding campaigns every year, and especially if no, you are not launching products. Um, so... As I said in the beginning, we are non-profit organizations, so we are supported by donations. Uh, donations from readers, donat- donations from companies, and of course then we get uh, money from collaboration on different uh, international projects. Uh, we get some support from the foundations. Uh, at the beginning we got some money from um, co-publishing of our stories in other media outlets. Um, so this is actually our, our our model is kind of very diversified because we knew that you know if we, you start with such a small project and have to build everything from the bottom up, you have to diversify your income otherwise you would not be able to survive um, long enough you know to to build your your audience uh, to to build your status as uh, an organization, uh, to actually develop uh, editorial strategies and uh, editorial processes in behind enough to be able to collaborate in international projects if you don't do that. So it was kind of an only option for us because, as I said, we did not start with any huge founding. We started with 15,000 euros and it's not a lot of money. So we kind of had to be quite, um, quite fast and quite smart in, in, in with our work and decisions, especially because uh, our team is really, really small. And so, who who were you looking at, like when you were mm, uh, thinking about, uh, you know, uh, 
found funding uh, options uh i i know that propublica has again like uh, they they do donations as well and uh and they they are like uh you know applying for some grants um yeah but you have to know that for example situation of uh such media that is really in a way it's really niche because we are doing uh very focused investigative journalism we are producing um long form stories um which are not always the easiest to read so it's hard to reach large audience with them uh and we are working in a country with two millions inhabitants so and we are working in slovenian language where you cannot reach international audience with because no one is speaking it uh so for example if we compare ourselves to propublica there is another thing that we have to know that in united states there is a huge field of philan- philanthropy that is not existing in europe um there are a lot of foundations that are um supporting journalism or diff- uh, or maybe not journalism in general but they are su- supporting projects that are working on some specific topics for example environment healthcare and they're also uh giving money to journalists who are investigating those stories so if you go to the webpage of propublica and check who are their donors are you'll see that they have a huge list of different private donors as well as foundations that are supporting their work uh and actually they do not get uh the major amount of their donations from from readers just a part of it yeah i i i see so i mean for us the thing is kind of the same but the thing is that you're working in such smaller envir- environment for example we compared our data with uh, data from propublica like uh, we know how much people they are reaching per capita and how mu- uh, how much um how what are their conversion rates and we are actually reaching quite the same num- numbers but our environment is smaller so it means that also the money that we get from readers at the end is like the amount altogether is much lower uh so at the moment we are able to collect 15000 to 20000 euros of donations per year from readers other um donations are collected but from uh, companies and then of course we have project money uh and foundations that like add the rest but we are still working with very very small budget i i see i'm i'm always fascinated when you know in the world they talk about propublica i myself like like to use them uh, as an example because everyone knows them but uh, as you so wonderfully compared them to you know potcherto and like in the end the uh, comparison is like almost the same it's it's always fascinating for me because there are like m- many such examples in Europe but there are not that like no not <laughs> not that uh, well known as uh, propublica because they are like in US uh in one of the in one of the podcasts we were talking about like uh like what what if like Europe had this you know common language uh where where everyone 
you know would uh, uh, would be connected via let's say a, a big publication in in english uh, writing about every country or uh, it it was it was just like a a, a thought <laughs> but I, i think that there is also another thing you know At the moment, it's like one of the buzzwords in the world of investigative journalism and what donors uh, are looking for is uh, this collaborative journalism. Like, all are kind of hoping that collaborative journalism, that uh, like uh, a huge consortium of journalists are the answer to the question how to make um, investigative journalism exist in the long run. I mean, but the thing is that, in my opinion, this is one of the things that, of course, we have to have. We have to have stories and uh, organizations and collaborations that are able to uh, investigate uh, things like Paradise Paper or uh, pa Paradise Papers or Panama Papers. But on the other hand, it's very, very important that there are local media outlets that are focusing on the things that are really, you know, directly making impact to the lives lives of people who are living there. For example, situation in Bulgaria is much different than from situation from Slovenia. I mean, there are some common things, but if we want to investigate and also make impact on specific issues that are like, you know, connecting to, to connected to our political system in our country or to uh, our legal system that is not working in some aspects in our country. We have to be able to do that locally. We cannot uh, count on international organizations that or, or consortiums that they would go and make our health system better, for example, or make our legal system better, or, for example, go and, you know, put pressure on the officials or politicians that and investigate stories that will make them step down from their positions. That's very, very nice uh, thing to say. And I think, yeah, that's what uh, basically is a journalism for, not only being like a big company, but like investigating and and stuff. So I was really wondered by when, when you say on your website that a Niemann Foundation inclu included you in their report stating that you are the only media for investigative journalism in Slovenia. So how is, how is journalism in Slovenia when uh, you, as a very small project, are the only investigative journalism project? What's the, the, the mediascape like? You know, when, when we started to work on this project in 2014, and my co-founder, he actually started this project on his own, as his own project in 2013 already, the thing was that I think that most of the people thought that we are kind of crazy uh, or out of our minds or something. <laughs> And the funny thing is that no one, no one really knew what we are talking about when we said investigative journalism. Uh, so we actually used a lot of time and effort to communicate this with the public. We went to and gave numbers of interviews. We attended roundtables. We went to, uh, I don't know, radio talk shows, all kinds of podcasts. We organized events where we talked to the people like, what is investigative journalism, what investigative journalism is not, and what we are actually aiming to achieve with so-called impact journalism, because impact journalism was also not a term for Slovenian ye reader. 
And the funny thing is that in Slovenia we have kind of we are not very lucky with the uh, translation we use for investigative journalism because we translated in two ways. One is literally investigative journalism, but the other term that is used and was, was actually used um, and is part of you know official um, um, official language is means research journalism, not investigative journalism. <laughs> so people. So people thought that we are doing something like connected with science. You know, yeah, they are researching some data or I don't know, they are doing some part of scientific journalism and trying to, to find something out. They, I mean, um, and if you look at the um, media landscape at this moment, we are still the only non-profit media here in Slovenia that is focused primarily on investigative journalism. There is no other project that would do uh, something similar to, to that as we do. Um, and also in the larger media houses, where traditionally, uh, you know, these investigative um, units should be based, you have to know that uh, historically this was not the case, you know. Uh, for example, again, if you make comparison to uh, the status of investigative journalism in um, United States, you know, their projects like ProPublica and others started in a way that uh, well-known investigative journalism or journalists with a lot of practice and know-how moved from the large media houses and made um, their own project non-profit projects when the crisis striked and uh, the the income uh, to media was lowered and they started to cut the most expensive production and investigative journalism is the most expensive production you can have in your media house uh, so they tried to find new way for investigative journalism f to survive, but they already had like you know people trained. Uh, they already had um, connections. They already had sources. They just moved on their own. For us, it's like when we started to work in media, there were no investigative journalism. Journalist units anywhere, so you could not get trained as investigative journalist. And you also have to know that Slovenia was never included in this Balkan region um, as a count country where other organizations, international organizations, would uh, focus when they were uh, launching programs for invest for investigative journalists. If you go, for example, to Serbia or Bosnia. Um, I joke that you can walk around and like, you know, randomly meet investigative journalists walking around the country. And uh, I mean, in Slovenia, you cannot do that because no one trained them. So when you start your own project, you have to train your own investigative journalist from, from the start. Uh, also, investigative journalism is not part, was not, I don't know how it, this is at the moment, was not part of uh, uh, curriculum uh, at university so you came you, you graduated as journalist with uh, no practice in investigative journalism at all so what are they what are they reporting on is it just 
entertainment and a bit of news or no 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 of course we have i mean investigative journalism is not uh, the only serious journal serious journalism you can do and of course they there always have been journalists who were doing investigative journalism on their own uh, like you know you could find one in this media house or another one in an other media house but you know it was it was like think of their own initiative uh and uh, i mean and there are some of them who are working who are working on long term investigative projects publishing them as their as books uh they for example uncovered a huge um, a huge story about the arm trades uh, that were happening during the Balkan wars and uh, like uh, many politicians were involved into uh but they never they have this center for investigative journalism but they a uh, journalism but they do, do not publish their own media so of course i mean there are some things and now there is uh, at the the largest national uh newspaper delo now they have uh their own uh, investigative unit but it started like a few years ago for example they um collaborated on panama papers so things are kind of developing slowly uh but uh, everyone who is working on this is putting their own resources and into it like uh there is not really any infrastructural base that you are you are building on if you know what i mean yeah did did you have any impact or did you see any impact of your work so that um university schools said like oh um okay there is this project and we need you as teachers or we need to make this part of our of our courses and classes or even other colleagues saying oh wow um i want to do this as well um let's work together and and stuff like this did this happen okay the thing is that we are still like very young organization and also the team is quite young um i mean we started when we were at the end of our 20s so uh beginning of 30s um and s- they uh, they do invite us to like you know talk to their students or sometimes do short workshops but um um i would say the things are s- are m- are moving forward because now you know people actually start to you know m- maybe expect this kind of journalism to happen and expect media to 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 actually produce it um this is one thing and another thing is like the impact that we managed to make with our journalism directly like the things that change because of our uh, investigations and uh, stories so i think that for readers and for the support of the readers we get uh, this is kind of the most important thing that we are after uh, three and a half years of work we are able to show quite a long list of uh, impact we made we 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 like to get into the some people would say like te- technicalities of 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 the of the journalism but we uh, uh my my favorite question is uh to ask people about the amount uh, of their energy 
uh, they they invest into uh, the creation of the content uh, versus versus uh, uh, in comparison with with the you know energy you invest into distribution um, uh, of of that content which which you produced. Uh, so how 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 would you say is it in in your view and what are you trying to do with it? Well, the thing is that you can make the best journalism in the world but if you are not able to 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 you know get the stories to your public you did nothing uh and i think this is one of the like big challenges ex- uh, in addition to 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 the problem of funding for uh small media outlets how to build your readership how to be able to reach them because Although we say that yeah in digital world like this is zero cost environment where you can just you know produce something and magically this uh, snowball effect would happen where things would just build uh, one uh, on top one on top of another and sooner or later you have huge readership it's not with this kind of journalism or with this kind of uh, of work this is not really happening of course there are peaks when uh, for example we reveal some major investigation that all other media uh, write about later like you know we make prime time on national television all other media are uh, are covering the development of the story of course then people come to our webpage and read the original story here but you cannot uh, you cannot rely on that it's not uh, it's not really a model for 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 distribution. Uh so in last years we actually put a lot of effort in building uh our distrib- uh, our own distribution channels up. Now again, we distribute our stories, we publish all of them um freely on our website so everyone can access them. There is no like paywall or anything. Uh and then we use uh, mostly Facebook and Twitter and our newsletters to reach the public and then of course we have additional product that we added and in the autumn this is uh, this monthly podcast where we talk about uh, um background of our uh, investigative stories or in-depth stories that we uh, we released already at the moment with this approach we are able to reach like 15 to 20,000 people per month on average um i mean for the amount of people that is you know able to read in this country and able to uh, to use technology to access this i think that this is quite i mean it's it's not a bad number but still it's really hard to it's really hard to 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 build like sustainable model o- on the basis of that what we are very uh proud of is that we are able to reach right people so it means that you know although we are quite small uh we are able to reach people who i mean our stories won't won't just like be published and nothing will happen we kind of have our approach how to like uh how to get to right people and put pressure on them with our additional follow up work but we also 
also a lot of people that are in position of making decisions are reading us as a source and as a set uh, journalists and other media are uh, using us as a source for product i mean for production of news so uh, when something large happens it normally gets viral nice so uh, i guess i guess facebook uh, has been uh, or maybe is one of the biggest tra- traffic drivers or 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 is it newsletters we i mean it's divided between um organic reach uh, newsletters uh, facebook and twitter facebook is, is in slovenia like getting you larger reach than twitter uh but uh, the thing is that twitter public is much more much more specialized uh, most of your most loyal supporters are on twitter and not on facebook and it's much easier to convert your twitter public into your supporters and donors than it's this to do this with uh, with facebook public it's i mean it's different kind of uh, audience uh but the thing is that for example when we started this project like um facebook algorithms were different and were quite in favor of our work because they were we were able to reach a large organic uh, reach with our um um with our posts without paying anything for them now we have to pay because otherwise we we cannot reach our audience uh so i think that um, you know to rely on facebook too much it's a bad approach because they are changing their rules too fast for you to to follow them or for or it's getting really costly yeah um that that's why i'm asking like uh, we in, in slovakia we are in the you know uh facebook test test tube of export you are you're in the, the, the <laughs> test zone you're <laughs> unlucky to be part of the test zone yeah i know yeah, so 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 over here we already in our publishing house um uh, already in november we um employed one guy who just like cares for newsletters <clears throat> that was one of the you know reactions to 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 facebook we stopped we stopped actually pouring money into facebook uh because the the numbers the the click through rates went like so high that it even though you had something which was viral uh you ended up not bringing more traffic to your you know website than you could earn on your website so we we stopped like putting money in, in into facebook and uh we are actually yeah uh well our best hope at the moment is are are the newsletters uh which uh, thank god are like people are still caring for them and <clears throat> are subscribing uh do do you have some like special newsletters like um you said you publish like big investigations uh some of the some of the you know um projects like podcerto uh which are like only publishing uh you know once a month or so uh they try to add uh maybe daily or weekly layer of uh you know uh biggest news in the country just just to do 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 something like that the thing is that 
I would hardly say how much stories we publish on average per week, but in the beginning we were publishing more. We were publishing like two or three stories per week, but now we are our we are g- getting more in this in-depth projects, so you know the number of stories is lower. But still, we most of the weeks we publish something, and we also send newsletter to our readers. Um, so we actually have this weekly newsletter for our readers that they can subscribe to. Then we have a special monthly newsletter for our readers who are donating to us. Uh, then we have our special monthly newsletter for companies that are donors. And then we have another newsletter that is for uh, just open data community. Uh, because we organize uh, this open data meetup for the community uh where people come and, you know, um, um, present their projects that are based on uh, open data approach or just, you know, um, exchange skills and stuff. Uh, But we as media, what we do is that when we work on large uh, data sets, which are the basis of our stories, then we clean them up later and publish them for public use. So, I mean, they're also meant for them. This is kind of nice. uh, our contribution to to um, to the community. And, and you 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 mentioned the podcast that mm-hmm. you do. I'm I'm we are both with Mark obviously <laughs> re- really into podcasting. Uh, how how's the podcasting scene in uh, Slovenia? It's I have to say that it's quite rich. Like uh, really, yeah, surprisingly rich nice. and surprisingly successful. Um, now, most of the podcasts that are produced at the moment, actually we have a like generator of all the podcasts that someone just did it like a few weeks ago. Uh, like, and I mean, he manually collected all the podcasts that are produced in Slovenia in one place. I think it's a pretty nice project. Um, and what's, what's the, what's the name of the project or the website? I... Huh. I'll try to find it. I mean, do you add links under your podcasts? I can send it to you and you add it. It's uh, yeah. okay. Yes, Th- yes, we will. Okay, great. So. I'll I'll do that because I I cannot find it now. Um, so, th- but the thing is that um, mo- the podca- podca- other podcasts are mostly focused on things like uh, pop culture, music, films, uh, books. Um, uh, some of them are focused directly on journalism, like, you know, uh, podcasts with journalists or uh, journalism approach. We have a podcast focused on science, so it's a nice collection, but no one else is doing investigative podcasts, of course, because they are not producing investigative journalism. Uh, so our focus is actually, you know, our idea was to make a new format for our um, readers um that you can listen to on the go so they are like 30 to 35 minutes long and we mostly focus on one one topic that we um like present um in a way that is uh appropriate for the format we use so like uh, we we talk about it um and we try to give them like background and information about the topic that we found out, uh, but also background of our investigative work in uh, that we did. So 
and make it in, into an interesting story and then also to talk about uh, impacts about these stories or what should be changed or what are you know what is the future of this for example we did uh, one on precarious work we collaborated with uh, um, this um, European project uh, um, Investigate Europe. It's a consortium of a few uh, investigative journalists who are, wor who are working on a huge topic about uh, precarious work in Europe. And we added, uh, uh, you know, we did uh, Slovenian research here and then we all, all used all the data gathered and uh, produced our own stories in our own languages. And then we also did a podcast where we talked about different perspectives. We also added things that we found uh, while investigating other topics. Um, so we mostly try to do it in a way that we like add our journalists or editor into the group and we discuss about it. Uh, so far we are very, very glad with the feedback from our audience. Uh, we are still trying to like find a right format for it. Uh, but uh, so far the feedback is good and I'm also very glad how um, the, about the quality of the production we are we are actually able to to have now nice you, you, you a little bit I, I I would say like you sound like a someone who really enjoys podcasts do you do you yourself listen to podcasts a lot yeah I do and I'm also one of the co co-hosts uh, at our podcast so me and my colleague are, are are producing them nice and do you do you also like produce them like uh, do you do the audio editing or you have someone for that no he does the audio editing um and we also have uh like a professional um like do you go into studio no 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 we co we record them on our own with uh with our own equipment but then we do like uh, professional audio polishing with uh, you know uh, so the result is quite nice i have to i mean i'm, I'm glad with the, how it it turns out um and we are able to reach like so far we have to know that we just started this project we are working in our fourth episode at the moment so with the first three, we're, we were able to reach um, between three, uh, 400 and 800 people per episode. So I think it's quite good. It's very good, I would say. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, very nice. Small country, but still people seem to love everything about it. That's very <laughs> nice. Now I... I, I, re I really mean it. I mean, uh, in Germany, we have like over 80 million people. And when I see how many people are actually just reading the news and following like investigative formats, um, it's nice to see that there is kind of a need and people want like really want to want to use the information and want want to have it. I wish you all the best, uh, all the best of luck, because I mean, I hope you don't stay the only investigative um, format in Slovenia. Yeah, but on the other hand, how much investigative projects can you have, you know, per two million people? Yeah, but you can like start 
for example, working together with people from somewhere in Europe and yeah, like, we already give, do give that. the Slovenian yeah. part. Oh, okay. So the Slovenian part and um, publish in English or in any other language, or maybe give like like teach teach the stuff to to countries around Slovenia or I don't know. Uh, because, for example, once we were calculating that in Serbia they have uh, one investigative outlet per million people, but it's quite a lot, especially if you want to find um, support in the readers. But also, I guess the situation over there is a bit uh, harder than in Slovenia, right? Like politically. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, there is a lot of need for investigative journalism because everything you tackle is corruption. So. You need investigative journalists. Um, yeah, I mean, about international collaborations, as I mentioned, we uh, collaborated with investigative, uh, Investigate uh, Europe so far. And then we, also, we are also part of this European Journalism Network for um, data journalism, where we uh, are going to collaborate on stories that are, that are based on data journalism. Yeah, but I mean, you cannot, with such small group of people, you cannot like do too many collaborations and still have your own production. So we are kind of, you know, like trying to, you know, not drop the ball on every, on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess I understand. And so uh, just, just maybe... One of the last questions, like, what, uh, where do you see Potrzeto and you know Josef going in the future? Are there are there plans to, plans to maybe make the team bigger or uh, maybe to have a bigger impact as 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 you are at the moment? I think that I mean we were growing quite fast, although we are just five people at the moment. But we started at two, so and also if you look like. Uh, for, for how many stories are we able to produce, how many readers to reach. So I think that we have to stabilize uh, our project if it's possible um, before we try to grow in any direction. Otherwise, we will not be able to manage um, because we really put a lot of energy into this in last uh, three and a half years. Um, so I think it's not like not possible to to work with this space uh, for 10 years because we are physically not able to to to, to survive this this kind of tempo um, our wish would be that in the future we are either able to go more into media model where when we are able to have like you know sustainable media production and uh, and readers or on the other hand go into um, into development of center for investigative journalism but it all depends on the question where what is what kind what model is actually able to exist here where to get support for for your work um, so we'll see because our we i mean our wish would be for example for us to be able to like transfer our knowledge in a few years like you know train new journalists but uh, we are still finding the way how to do that like you know that 
uh, we can do that much of an impact on our own, but if there are other journalists working on that, on we, if we cal collaborate with other media, for example, or we collaborate with our uh, international groups, for example, what can, can we do in any of these directions? So at the moment, it's still open uh, which direction to choose. Now we are still focused on how to like uh, do what we do in the best way we can and uh, slowly and organically uh, grow and develop it. Okay, we will be will be curious, looking, and uh, uh, maybe have you back in some time to uh, <laughs> tell us what's what's going on, uh, or maybe we can meet. Uh, are you going to the International Journalism Festival this year? Or yeah, this year. Uh, which yeah. one? Where? Well, the one in Italy, Perugia. Uh huh. Uh, I mean, some of our team members are actually going, so I think that we should meet there. Okay, so that I would be great. We'll 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 be be there. I mean, we've been I saying so. this like for a half a year already yeah. with <laughs> with Mark to everyone. So it will be like a big meetup for us. Yeah, maybe you should just, you know, kind of organize this evening meetup and say all the guests that we have uh, had so far in our podcast are welcome. I don't know where. And then we all come and uh, meet. Mark, actually, that's not a bad idea. We could, it's not a bad idea. We no. should do that. We should totally do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's... that's that's. <laughs> okay, this, this is a great ending. So I'm I'm looking forward to like meet you in person then in Perugia. Um, do do you have any last questions, Mark? No, I think it's a perfect ending for an interesting, very interesting talk about again a very nice topic. Thank you very much, Taya. Thank you very much to both of you for uh, inviting me. No, yeah. it's it's been it's been our our pleasure, and uh, to all of the listeners who got until here, uh, <coughs> thank you. And if you're interesting interested in this podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, um, and uh, you know you can check out our website, which is checkyourfacts.eu. You'll find all the links, which are important uh, over there, and. Uh, can also subscribe to our newsletter and we'll see you next time i guess or hear you actually uh <laughs> hear us <laughs> or you hear us uh yeah it's been great taya uh and uh uh one one last thing we always like to say mark yes and we don't have to say this to taya because she always does it <laughs> but please guys never forget to always check your facts <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right then. Thank you. Bye. Thank Taya. you very much. <laughs> Bye. Bye.